We're just going to have a panel discussion now, um, talking about why we're in the Word, and this is kind of practical side of things, and it's also an opportunity for you guys to get to know some of the women who are involved in women's ministry here. So I'm going to ask them some questions, and they're going to be honest and answer for you guys. <laughs> you we'll can introduce yourself first. I will. Okay. My name is Sterling Ray. I'm on staff in women's ministry here for the past five years, and yeah, then I'll let you guys introduce yourselves. I'm Angie Tufnell. I lead the uh, Monday Night Women's Precept Group, which is lots of homework and <laughs> a lot of fun. I love it. It is uh, inductively studying the Bible, what every lady talked about uh, on the screen tonight, So, which is pretty much what we are all doing all week long. I'm Thalia. Thalia rhymes with Australia, in case you don't know how to pronounce that crazy name. I'm one of the pastors on staff in the care department, and the other pastor of care is Vic Schellenberg, who you all know. So it's a lot of fun. And you teach sometimes. Yes, I yes. teach sometimes. Uh, Crystal puts me wherever. Sometimes Mission, Abbotsford, Monday or Wednesday. Yeah. That's good. And I mean, my name is Crystal Taves. I'm the pastor of women here at Northview. Uh, I've been in that role now for about four years, so I just love it. It's a great opportunity to serve God and to serve the women here at the church. So, some people are very curious about this one. Are you guys enemies in ministry, or do you get along? <laughs> you, depends which day you get us. It depends if we're in sumo suits. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. They squash <laughs> her like a bug. Haley <laughs> won yesterday, sumo competition. With yeah, I won. So I'm taller, older, and heavier, and I <laughs> squash her. <laughs> I'm hanging up that sumo, those keys, yeah. Yep. yeah. And before the competition, you're all, oh, I don't want to do it, but afterwards, you seemed a little happier about it, I think, because yeah. you want. Oh, that's horrible. <laughs> Sweaty suit, and the, people are watching you. Like, how embarrassing <laughs> is that? But I knew we got out of the dunk tank the last couple years because yeah, so we yeah. played the girl out. card, you know, yes. makeup and hair. We didn't want to get that wrecked, so they said, well, too bad. Sumo suit for you this year. <laughs> Could have been worse. <laughs> no, it's great to be a team at mm -hmm. Northview. That's a huge advantage to being a big church is that we can operate in our areas of strength. And so I love the fact that I can work in my area, which is the counseling side, and Crystal and Angie can work in their area of strength, the Bible teaching, and you should see Sterling, she can do lots of things. And of course, you know all the other pastors and they have their areas of strength and we depend on each other and we talk to each other all the time and it has been a gift. I think it's a little bit unique, though, just because people are always surprised that we are friends, that we work well together. There's a bit of an idea out here that if women are in ministry together, they're going to compete against each other. And so I just want to be honest and say, I think in all of us, there's that ego that wants that recognition and wants kind of the applause and all that kind of stuff. But I think because we're in the Word of God, we're constantly being confronted with that idea that this is not about you and this is not about your ministry. This is about serving God. And so as long as we're in God's Word, that ego of our own personality, I think, stays in check and we're able to just lift each other up in ministry. Yeah. So our topic tonight is why be in the word and what does it actually mean to be in the word? What are your thoughts on that? I'm starting. Yeah. Uh -oh. <laughs> um, so we were talking a little bit about like being in the word is absolutely reading the word and I would always kind of fight for um, a more active being in the Word. So we can passively take it in. And I would say about nine years ago, um, I was just tired of passively taking it in and wanted to um, dive deeply into it. So being in the Word can look like a lot of different things. 
Um, but I would say push through and fight to be active in the word. The word is alive. What am and, I going to quote next? Just in case people don't understand yeah. being in the word, yes. you mean? I mean the Bible. I do. Scripture. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so many books about the Bible, so many books on Christian living. Um, but if you know me and if you know us at all, our heart is really to have us reading the living, active word of God. And not just reading, but studying it and then being changed by it and transformed by it. Because um, it, it checks us, it knows us, it tests us, and it is uh, the Lord himself meeting with us when we're in it. We were at um, a conference a couple years ago and we had Nancy Guthrie, one of our speakers, who's talking about building a word-based women's ministry. And she talked about the fact that, that Hebrews 12 or 4, 12 verse that Stephanie mentioned about the word of God is living and active. And so many times we put people's words on a different, on a higher plane than God's words. We need to realize that God's words are the really the ones that are living and active that can pierce our souls, that know exactly, he knows what we're about and the Holy Spirit can minister to us. So we want his word to be the highest word. Sometimes other people can give us um, help that can help us understand his word, but we want to be listening to him primarily. So would you say about something like devotionals or something like that when we're reading the word? So I think there's some good devotionals out there, but what I'd encourage you to do if you're looking for devotionals is look for ones that also have you reading large chunks of scripture. So even uh, when Catherine was on the screen talking about the app that she uses, that She Reads Truth app, they'd have you reading at least a chapter of scripture on your own, and then they have commentary on that. So when I was looking for books for my kids, even when they were little, looking for devo devotionals for them, I looked for ones that had them actually reading you know, significant portions of the Bible and then commenting on it, not just kind of one verse with you know, three pages of author's comments. So that would be my, my suggestion to you guys. Would you guys say there's kind of one way that works for everyone as far as being in God's word? How does that look for people in different stages of life? Get you to talk first this time. Thalia? Thalia. Me? Yes. Oh. <laughs> well, no, because each person in here is different. And so we are in different ages and stages of life. Some have little kids, some have our empty nesters. And so as uh, Gloria Fema said, that it changes over time. Yeah. But really the point is to be in the word, however that looks mm -hmm. in that season. Yeah, and it can look really different ways at different ages. We have... Uh, on Monday nights, anyone, I think we have 13-year-olds starting this term up to 70 years old, and to hear from the teenager, the 20-year-old, 30, 40, and on, is just so huge, because at, we will all read the word, the words are the same, we generally come to the same interpretation, but the way we are going to apply it throughout each stage of our life is really different, and it is, I love hearing uh, how different ladies are doing that in the stage and circumstances that they're in. I think there's really unique ways that you can be in the Word, too, if you are finding yourself at a busy stage of life. I know I had an uncle who commuted to Vancouver every day, and so he would just listen to the NIV Bible being read to him as he commuted back and forth to Vancouver. Um, there's lots of audio apps now. If you have a, a Bible on your phone, you can often get it read to you. So if you're going on a walk and you want to read and pray, um, and it's an easy way to do it, too, to absorb God's Word wherever you are. So why do we need to be in God's Word? We've been saying this whole time that it's important, so how come this is important? Okay, I'll start. Okay. For me, when people come to see me with the challenges in their life, I'm sometimes surprised because people don't know what God says about that particular issue. And they have no idea then how to navigate that issue because they really don't know what the Bible says on it. Mm. So that's always a surprise to me. So I'd encourage you to be in your Bible a lot so that you know how to face that particular challenge when it comes. Yeah, I would say three huge things when I thought about this question. The first one comes from 
and it won't be a surprise, Deuteronomy 32, 46, and 47, this is not an idle word for you, indeed it is your life. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing is, it is life to us. Whether we believe that or not, whether we find it boring at times or not, the truth is, it is life. And as we're singing that song, I will follow you, I just think of that, the boy in uh, the book of Mark whose father comes and says, please heal my son to Jesus. He says, I believe, help my unbelief. And I think the word meets us in our unbelief. We believe in God. We believe Jesus is his son. Help me believe. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing, uh, Matthew 28.10 says, if you're going to be my disciples, this is what I need you to do. Baptize people and then teach them to do all that I command. And how do we know all that he commands? It is only in his written word that he shows us. The final thing as I was thinking about this, um, and I really worked hard to memorize this this week, 2 Timothy 2.15 Be diligent to present yourself approved by God, a workman unashamed, just to stand before him at the end of the day. And we said it has eternal impact. Yeah. So it is life, it is discipleship, it is eternity. When you look at that parable, if you look back in your Bible, the parable of the sower and the seeds where Jesus talks about the fact that a sower goes out and sows seeds and some falls on uh, the hard soil on the path and it's picked up by birds right away and some is sown on uh, the fields that have rocks in them and it grows a little bit but then it, it withers and then some is thrown on land that has thorns in it and the thorn, it grows for a while but then the thorns are the worries of life and it crushes it out and some lands on the good soil and it takes root and it grows and it produces fruit. And he talks about the fact that that's, that seed that's sown is the word of God. And it's how we receive it depends on or impacts in our eternal prospect. If we're that hard soil that we don't absorb it, um, we're doomed. If we're that soil that takes it in a little bit, but then it withers and dies, it's the same kind of end result. If we allow the worries of this world to choke out the word of God, uh, we don't have that fruitful, abundant harvest. It's only the good soil that really absorbs God's word and allows it to change us and to transform us and make us into new people. They're the ones that are granted eternal life at the end of that parable. So it's a warning to all of us that the way we treat God's word um, will impact us for eternity. It's not always easy to be in God's word. So let's talk about some roadblocks and barriers that people might face. So would you guys say to someone who says, I'm not a reader, I don't like to read? I think what Jennifer mentioned in the video is sometimes all you need to do is have two verses. Anyone can read two verses. Um, But read them over and over again. Think about them. Meditate upon them. What's God saying to me in this verse? It doesn't have to be, you don't have to think you have to read a chapter every day. Or sometimes even those study Bibles can be a lot, like the the year in a Bible, or a Bible in a year. That's a lot of reading to do in a day. And if you're not that kind of a reader, it might be overwhelming. But just take something. Progress through it slowly. Take 15, 20 minutes a day. I would also say on the flip side, I love to read. Like if I could spend all my free time reading, I would. But the problem is when I was in my teens and 20s, I loved to read, but not the Bible. (laughs) And so I did because I am a Christian, and so I did those things. But I didn't love it until probably in my late 20s, it snuck up on me. And all of a sudden I realized I was really loving God's Word, and I was learning, and I was missing it if I wasn't. But that was a very gradual process for me. So don't be discouraged if you don't love to read it. You keep doing it, keep obeying. It will sneak up on you. Hmm. What would you say to someone who says, I'm not a very spiritual person. It's kind of above me. Any thoughts? Ephesians 1.3, he's given you every spiritual blessing in Christ. You are a new creation. You are a spiritual person. So I just say all of these roadblocks are at the root 
Um, they are true roadblocks for us, but they are based in lies. And so we always replace it with what the truth of it is. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit's the one that makes Scripture makes it understandable to us, right? So I would say pray to God, pray to the Holy Spirit, say, Lord, I don't understand this or I don't have a passion for it. Would you give me a passion for your word? Um, Because that would be something completely in line with God's will. When we pray in line with his will, uh, he says he'll answer. So he would not not answer that one. Mm -hmm. I don't have time. I'm too busy. That's one we hear a lot, right? So what do you guys say when people say that to you? I said I wanted this one. (laughs) (laughs) She had dibs on this question. Yeah, Yeah, no. I just think we don't have time not to. Um, We have to have time. We have to make time. Uh, We are on this earth for such a short amount of time. And when I go back to that 2 Timothy 2 passage, it says, a workman unashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. And so how do we do that? We make time to do it. And sometimes that is going to be hard going in a week. It's not always going to look like I have an hour a day to set aside. But I do believe as we come to him earnestly, he miraculously provides time somehow. I don't know how it's happened in the last nine years for me, but I really do believe that he does. Uh, We want to be founded in the truth and not be tossed to and fro by every wind of doctrine. And I can be so easily if I am not grounded in there. And really, we all make time for the things we love to do. I always make time to read my fiction book every day. So I know that I can make time to do other things as well. So like, just like um, was it Lisa Hebert said about Netflix, and we all laughed, because we all know that there are things we love to do, and we will make the time. So we just need to make the time out of obedience first. And then it becomes like breath. We just have to do it. There was a time in my life where I felt just really under the gun, really pressured, and my to-do list like, seemed to, do, to the roof. And I felt like I didn't have time, and, but I knew that I needed to. And so what I forced myself to do, every time I felt myself kind of feeling panicky, I would set my timer and I'd force myself to sit down for 15 minutes with God's word. And as time went by, I didn't want to stop when that timer went off. I wanted to keep going. And I found that the more I was in God's word, the more ideas and thoughts and solutions were coming to my mind for some of these problems that kind of were overwhelming before. But because I was in God's word, he was reshaping my mind and my thinking as to how I could handle the problems in my life. So... Um, yeah, it was a good exercise to force myself to just spend that time, and it grew into something more. Yeah, I want to say one thing in addition, because we can, it, it is, it's not easy to say we have to make the time, we can make the time. There are seasons in life where there just is very little time. I think of David's many psalms where he was just uh, depressed and in such a deep hole, and the Lord met him. Um, And so we all lead different Bible studies and teach in different arenas, and we would still say to you, if you've had no time this week, please come. If you've not opened the Bible, if you've gotten through one verse, it is still worth it to come out and be surrounded by a body who has been in the Word and who can speak a word of truth that you need. And sometimes it's enough just to, uh, for me, I have a post-it note that I put right by my sink on the uh, window right above my sink because I'm working on memorizing scripture and I'm always at the sink doing dishes. So I've started to memorize scripture while I'm there. So that's being in the word. And then I'm memorizing and meditating on it. And that's post-it note is usually there for, you know, sometimes a week or two because, you know, it takes me that long to memorize stuff. So, but you're yeah, because I'm old. Yeah. <laughs> Older than you. <laughs> so that's being in the word. Yeah. So, Thalia, what would you say to women who want to be in the Word, but they're struggling with issues that make it hard for them? Like muck, true. as you call it. Yeah. So, I should define that. Uh, when I use the word muck, which I use a lot, I mean things that are painful, 
difficult, challenging, hard. So chronic health issues and cancer diagnosis and financial struggles and marriage issues and wayward children and all those kinds of things. And it's true. In those really tough circumstances, it is a barrier to, to studying God's word. I, I understand that. On the other hand, we know that uh, we can get stuck and paralyzed in our muck. And that's exactly when we need to be reading God's word because we need it like a lifeline. You know, Psalm 40 says, I waited patiently for the Lord. And then it lists all the things that he did. He inclined his ear to me and all these things. And it's very, very important. So I would say we really need to be reading our word, uh, God's word in our muck. But also when you're not. I know that for me, summertime is when I often am the worst at reading God's word because mm -hmm. it's so nice outside and there's so many good things going on. It's easy to neglect God's word. Well, that's when I need to be in it too. So on both sides. So what are some ways that women can be in God's word and overcome these roadblocks and barriers? So if they want to do it, how? Well, it's great to have, like as Lori was mentioning in the video, to have accountability and to have people around you that are going to ask you about what it's like to be in God's word, what you're learning. Um, so if you want to come out to any of the women's ministry stuff here at Northview, we have Bible studies on Monday night and Wednesday morning. We're studying the book of Psalms. Angie's group is studying the book of Joshua and the precepts, and that's on Monday nights and Friday mornings in the home. Um, so it's great to do it in community, to learn from each other in community, to be encouraged by each other and their insights. Um, that's one way. i just add one piece to that. You mentioned a little bit earlier, yeah. is that if you have to be late all the time or you have to leave early or if you can only be now and then because of shift work or because your kids are sick, it doesn't matter. You are so welcome to come. Yeah. If you didn't do your homework, it doesn't matter. You're so welcome to come. Just come. Come try it. I'd like to just add one thing, too, for women closer to my age, um, in their 20s. If you feel like this is a place, like women's ministry is a place where you could be around a community and get in the word with other women, don't hold back because you think there's no one your age there. There is. This is a diverse group of people. Um, it's not maybe what we've maybe thought before, that it's all our mothers, <laughs> but which is great. I love, I love being able to learn from older women. It's wonderful. But yeah, there's a lot of diversity, and we need young women. So don't hold back because of that. Any other thoughts on how we can be in the Word? Well, yeah. oh, I was just going to say quickly, we're, we're promoting kind of the things that we're involved in, but what we mm -hmm. want to encourage you guys tonight, too, is that it doesn't have to be women's ministry. If you can just come to church on Sunday, but that's all you can do, but you listen well to that sermon, and you kind of maybe ponder on what Jeff or Ezra or Greg or others have been speaking throughout the week, that's great. If you're in a community group um, that is with mixed, with mixed genders or with your husband or with whatever, and you want to be part of that community group, don't feel guilt about not being in something else. Yeah. We just want you to be in God's word and be in community and be learning together with other people. I'm going to give you an exercise to do this week because you ladies don't have homework. So <laughs> She's going to pile it on. I am, yeah. Take Colossians 3, 1 to 3 and spend the week in it. Three, verse 1 to 3. The first day, Mark, God and Jesus. The second day, Mark, the author. The third day, write down anything that, you, that is speaking to you from the text. And every time you go through it, just say, what, what am I to know about God? What am I to set my thoughts on? What am I to be concerned with? And that is three verses, and it can take you through the entire week. 
five, ten minutes a day, and that is just a way to be in the Word, even if you don't have anything formal going on. That's so interesting. I spent the summer memorizing Colossians 3, 1 to 17. <laughs> there you go. Because I use it all the time. Okay, now you and I say thought, it. I bet you I you have. You just say I, it right I now. I probably could do most of it. If then, you yeah. have been raised with Christ. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Set your mind on things above. Mm-hmm. Seek the things that are above where Christ is, seated yeah. at the right hand of God. And it goes on. And I use it all the time. I literally sent an email today to one woman asking her to read it and consider memorizing it and saying, what do you have to put off and what do we put on as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved? Yeah. Mm -hmm. So what's at stake? If we're not in God's word, what are we risking? Well, we talked about kind of our own eternity. Um, we're also kind of putting at risk our family's eternity, right? Yeah. The eternity of the kids, the people around us, people that are watching us. People are going to watch what's important to us. Um, they're going to see us whether we're not in the Word or not. I remember one of my memories of my family growing up, um, whenever I couldn't find my mom around the house, I would go look for her, and invariably she'd be in this little spot in her room with her Bible open reading, like if I just couldn't find her around. And my dad uh, taught Sunday school on Sunday mornings, and he would always leave it till the last minute, right, to prepare. So I'd wake up Sunday mornings, and there'd be, like, books everywhere all over our kitchen table. But they modeled to me what it was like to have a priority for being in the Word. And so um, I think we need to be aware of what we're modeling to other people around us, too, that are watching us. Families and friends and all different kinds of people. Like, I've had lots of times in my life where... I've thought about young women who've come to me about something and thought, well, I better be in God's word because, mm-hmm. you know, I told her this and she might come back to me. <laughs> How is that going to affect her journey, right? Yeah. No. I think our, our personal growth and fruit bearing is at stake as well. And so we are, we are commanded to abide in the vine. We are abiders in the vine if we are his. And so a daily abiding looks like a daily spending time with him. And he promises that as we abide in him, he is going to bear fruit in us. And actually, the, the fruit born is going to increase as we grow in him. And so our personal discipleship, the way that we grow in God, and then the disciples we make around us is all influenced by what we're believing, what we are taking in, and how that is uh, coming back out. And our daily choices. You know, I meet with so many people that are caught in the destructive pattern of sin, because they don't know what God's word has said and they haven't been reading it and studying it. So they believe what our culture says. You know, if you're not happy in your marriage, well, then you can leave your spouse. If you're not happy in your marriage, you can go have an affair. And they will say to me, they said this summer to me and Vic, well, that's okay, grace covers it all and I'm at peace with it and God's at peace with it. And I was like, ah. (laughs) Like, I just wanted to move away because lightning is going to strike. Like, oh no, (laughs) do you not know what God's word says? So it's very important. Yeah, that we're in the Word. Do you guys have some scripture that you'd like to share with us as we end off as an encouragement? I have a, something from the Psalms, which is not a surprise probably for any of you that know we're doing the Psalm study. I've been studying all the Psalms all summer. But Psalm 95 uh, really touched me as I read it this summer. Um, because, and it comes up again in Hebrews, and we studied it last year in Hebrews. But it says, today if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. And I just love that idea that he gives us a fresh chance all the time. He says, today, today if you hear, keep being faithful. Today if you hear, don't harden your heart. And so it might be something you have never done before, or it might be something that you've fallen away from, or it might be something that you just have always wanted to do. But today, if you hear his voice, don't harden your heart. Be willing to obey him and get into his word. Sure. I, I have two. Um, I won't spoil the end of Joshua. 
but I'm going to, my first one is Joshua 24, 15. And at the end of Joshua's time, he recounts the history of Israel, which um, ladies that have been studying the Old Testament, we see that happen again and again. Moses recounts the history of Israel because he's trying to prove we have a faithful God. And at the end of Joshua, Joshua says, um, and he says it in a way, like we, we always hear this, hear this verse, but I think in context it's so different. Choose today whom you'll serve. But he actually doesn't, he's not giving them a choice. He's saying God has been faithful. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And um, related to that is 1 Kings 18, 21. Elijah is on uh, Mount Carmel, and he is battling the prophets of Baal. And he says to his people, how long will you basically fluctuate between two opinions? Just decide today. And that goes along with crystals. We just start again. What, what, no matter what the summer has looked like, no matter what the last 30 years have looked like, we choose today to serve the Lord, and we choose today to stop going between two opinions and actually just going ahead, living for him, resolving and being diligent to know it. I love Lamentations 3.22. You probably know it through song. The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is, and I learned it as thy faithfulness. Because why? Well, summer is when I struggle with putting aside God's word instead of being in it, and September is just a gong show. So <laughs> it is like it is very hard to be in God's word in September, and so I just keep reminding myself that God's mercy is new every morning and just keep doing a little bit. And so same for you. If that's where you've been, tomorrow is a new day. Pick up God's word. Do a verse or two. Keep going. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us. Let's give them a hand. <laughs>